Oregon basketball gets its biggest win of the season and its career win number 700 for Dana Altman. Instant reactions from the big win at Poly Pavilion against UCLA. Here we go. You are Locked On Ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. It's a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks every single day. Remember to like and subscribe. Leave a five-star review if you have not already. Oh, my goodness, what a game I just watched. I'm recording this in the moments right after Oregon's big overtime win against number three, UCLA. Oregon came into this game as a nine and a half point underdog. I wasn't sure they really had a chance based on how they've played this year. And yet somehow, some way, despite a collapse at the end of regulation, the Ducks found a way to get it done in Los Angeles. They now go to play USC on Saturday. If they win that game, oh my goodness, what it could mean for the end of this college basketball season. But let's get to the game and just kind of go through the, the recap here because it was a wild one. And it always is between Oregon and UCLA, right? Years ago in the year that Oregon went to the Final Four, the 2016-17 season, when Lonzo Ball hit the the dagger in Poly Pavilion right over the Ducks. And then later that year, at Matthew Knight Arena, Dylan Brooks hits the game winner with a tenth of a second left. There's just a lot of crazy games. Going all the way back to Aaron Brooks hitting the game winner against uh, highly ranked UCLA back in 2007. I, I mean, there's just all sorts of craziness that goes on when these two teams meet to play college basketball. And I tell you what, this was a great game through and through. I don't think either team had a 10-point lead at any point in time. I mean, it was just absolutely thrilling. And I haven't talked a lot about Oregon basketball on the pod thus far because both sides, the men and the women, have been a little bit disappointing compared to what their preseason hype was, but both seem to be potentially hitting their groove. The women last week picked up a, they thumped Cal on the road. It was like 88 to 53. They've got some players back from injury. If they're able to get it rolling, they can do really good things in the Pac-12 conference. They've got a couple of big tests coming up. But the men, this is potentially a turning point in this college basketball season. We'll see what they do against USC. But I tell you what, this was a big one for the Ducks, who started the year winning against SMU, who last year was an NIT team. And they, you know, that was a solid win. They looked really good at home. And then it just all went wrong. And there were two bad losses to Stanford and Arizona State to begin Pac-12 conference play, but they've picked up a couple of conference wins, now won three straight against Pac-12 foes, Utah, Oregon State, which I mentioned briefly on a pod earlier this week, always feels good to beat the Beavs, and now against number three, UCLA. Big, big time upset for the Ducks, and if they can get it going, they've got the talent to be a good tournament team, and this is the most, this is the best sign of life we've seen from them really all season long. And for so many reasons, Oregon deserves credit for how they played 
in this game. I'm not going to get into the fans not being there. The game is the game. The team is still a top five caliber team in college basketball, and they were not number three by accident. They beat Villanova earlier in the year. Their only loss is to Gonzaga, who is elite as a college basketball program. They are really, really good. So, so this is a big-time win for Dana Altman, for this team, for team morale, for the fans as well, and, and what it could spell for the coming months. I mean, this is great. Don't get me wrong. You still have a long way to go in conference play, and there's still work to be done for Oregon to get into the NCAA tournament because of how they started this year. And Dana Altman teams always start kind of slow and then start to play their best basketball at the end of the season, right? We saw that. Uh, last time Oregon was in the tournament with Peyton Pritchard and Kenny Wooten, or, or, or sorry, year before last uh, with Pritchard and Kenny Wooten, that team really hadn't played well all season. Then they came on, won the Pac-12 tournament, ended up getting the Sweet 16 and lost to uh, the eventual national champions. So a win like this is just such a statement in the conference, but also a statement in that locker room because Oregon has now won uh, I think it's five of their last six or six of their last seven games. They've been playing much better basketball, gotten some Pac-12 wins. They took number then number one ranked Baylor, who lost to Texas Tech the other day. But Baylor, the defending national champions, Oregon took them down to the wire. Oregon very easily could have beaten Baylor. And, and that is a sign now that they were able to win this game against UCLA without, I think, still playing their best basketball all around that they're able to play at a high level and, and, and compete with anyone because that's two top five teams that you took down to the wire and you went one and one in those games in you know about a, a 10 day stretch or so 10 14 day stretch whatever it is but th this was you know a crazy game infuriating at times I will definitely get to that if you watch the game you know what I'm talking about if you didn't I've got you covered with all of that but first I want to tell you, about get upside because anyone who buys gasoline has to know about get upside download the free get upside app in the app store use promo code score and get 25 cents off your first gallon that's a bonus 25 cents so that's up to 50 cents cash back on your first fill up my listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up and people are making hundreds of dollars a month if they use get upside there's no catch the cash back gets added right to your account you cash out anytime to your bank account paypal e-gift card amazon and other brands just download the free get upside app use promo code score to get up to 50 cents a gallon cash back on your first tank that's code score and it's a new year and bet online wants to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year, new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to get started. From sports to all your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers for 2022. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And I wanted to get the the live reads out of the way a little bit sooner than normal here so that I could just go through, you know, kind of the whole game for people who, who missed it and not be interrupted in that sense. So Oregon gets off to a good start in this one. And they're, they're up 6-2 in the early going. They have some nice defensive sequences. And then they allow a 12-0 run by UCLA. And I also find it kind of funny, and it's very Dana Altman-like to have three lefties in the starting lineup 
right? You got Davion Harmon, the Oklahoma transfer, Will Richardson, who Duck fans should know pretty well by now. He's a really good player who was excellent tonight. Jacob Young had 23 points. He has been playing sensational basketball, 61 points in his last three games for Jacob Young. And yes, that is the brother of Joe Young, the 2017 Pac-12 Conference Player of the Year for Oregon and en route to a uh, Pac-12 tournament title. He was sensational that season. Jacob Young was the reincarnation of Joe Young tonight and has been for the last week or so. And if he keeps playing at that high level to complement Will Richardson, those two are as good a scoring guard tandem as you will find in the league, maybe even in the country. But UCLA had a couple moments in that first half where it looked like they were going to run away with it. It it really did. I mean, I thought that, I know that there are fans who felt that way. They Built a seven or a nine point lead, like I said earlier, never got to double digits, but Oregon just kind of hung around. They made enough shots. They hit some timely buckets, and they only were one of nine from three point land in the first half. And then they end the first half sensationally strong with a hilariously wild sequence in which we go down and we're playing with the shot clock and game clock about a 15 second difference, and we're going two for one. So we get a shot up, and I think I think someone was fouled, hit two free throws. Anyway, Oregon goes to the other end, gets a stop, and then the buzzer for the shot clock sounds with seven seconds left on the game clock, and I think it was Davion Harmon hears that, chucks it three-quarters court, ball hits off the backboard, Johnny Juzang, not expecting it, has it roll kind of underneath him, and I think it was Jacob Young picked it up and laid it in as the half expired. So Oregon had four straight points there after going down by nine, so they trailed by five going into the half, and then they come out and they hit uh, five straight points to start the second half to tie the game. So it was a 9-0 spurt in about maybe 60 seconds of game clock from the end of the first to the start of the second half, which was fantastic, huge for momentum, and just kept them in the game. And Oregon was broke in the first half from distance. They were one of nine. Came out in the second half, all they did was start four of four from downtown, and they were right in a row. I mean, it was four of the first six possessions, I'm pretty sure, were an Oregon-made triple, and it was huge because it, it really set the tone in the second half sending a message to UCLA saying, hey, we can make shots, we're going to make shots, and by the way, we want to get this win today and get our coach career win number 700, that is eighth most all-time. Congratulations to Dana Altman, well-deserved. He is such an awesome college basketball coach. I love that he is our coach for so many reasons. But I'll tell you what, Oregon uh, got this win, but they made it a little harder on themselves than, than it needed to be. You know, I I just can't fathom how a team that is capable of shooting the ball, Oregon's a 35% three-point shooting team that's kind of middle of the pack in the Pac-12, but we can't make free throws. (laughs) We just can't make free throws. This year is a team 64% from the line. 64%. That's 11th in the Pac-12. USC, who's really good, and as I'm recording this, is also losing by 10 to the Beavs is worse at 60%, but the Ducks, 64% is a team, that's terrible. That's a terrible number, and they missed front ends of the one-and-one, missed some three-point play opportunities throughout the game as well, but you know they left a lot of shots out there at the free-throw line, and in the first half, they weren't finishing in the paint, but you know what changed? In the second half, they started 
to make their bunnies. That's what shots kind of around the rim in that two to five foot range are called, if you didn't know. They're called bunnies. And Oregon started to make their bunnies, and that was really a turning point in this game because when Oregon wasn't finishing those, it led to fast break opportunities for UCLA, which is harder to defend with a team that's tremendously talented as the Bruins are. But Oregon made a couple of adjustments in the second half. Number one, they stayed confident from three, and they started knocking them down. That was big. Number two, they finished shots inside. Number three, they didn't make free throws at a high clip. They ended 18-26. That's under 70%. That's still not good as a team. But you got to shout out the big guys here. Frank Kepnong, Nfali Dante. I apologize if I'm not getting that name exactly correct. I haven't mastered it yet. Those two guys combined in this game for 12 rebounds and Eric Williams Jr. had eight rebounds to lead the way as well and when I tell you that those big fellows were working hard on the defensive glass after early in the game they were not boxing out well at all they were they were boxing out horribly quite frankly early in the game when UCLA was making that 12-0 run too many second chance opportunities but then by the end of the game UCLA had 16 offensive rebounds, and it, it didn't feel that way. In the second half, Oregon secured some big, big, big-time defensive rebounds, and they were, they were boxing out. They were fighting. They were scrapping. They were clawing and doing anything they could to get a hand on the ball in order to, to give the Ducks a chance, and it was, it was really awesome to see. Coach Altman made the adjustments, and the players went out there and executed. It was awesome. Jacob Young had tied for a game high with Johnny Juzang of UCLA with 23 points. Will Richardson had 16 after he was the Pac-12 player of the week last week. And you know, if those two guys keep it going, they combine for 39 of Oregon's 84 points tonight. That is a really good sign for the Ducks because, you know, the the kind of raw inexperienced guys up in the front court, Dante and Kepnong, if they start to get it going and get comfortable, they can be rebounding presences down there but they can also be shot blockers as well and I think that that has been sort of a staple of Dana Altman teams right you think of the the Chris Boucher's Jordan Bell's Kenny Wooten's of the world we've always had that guy and I think that's something that had kind of been missing but as Kepnong and Dante start to get more comfortable I think that's going to be a really good thing for the Ducks but so we come out making a barrage of threes in the second half boxing out better big guys are working hard Nobody can make a free throw. I, I I don't know what it is with college kids and free throws, but UCLA was somehow worse at the free throw line. They were 16 of 24. And Oregon's defense started to clamp down a little bit after UCLA was 5 of 13 from three-point lane in the first half. In the second half, the Bruins as a team were 2 of 12. So it was a dramatic turnaround, and Oregon went from 1 of 9 to then 5 of 13 in the second half. So, you know, kind of a lot of averages playing out, but also Oregon... I think made some adjustments defensively, and that's been a hallmark of Dane Altman basketball, is they know how to defend. They do. And that has been the case year in and year out. And then Oregon's got a lead, and they just got to hold on to it. Jacob Young hit some big-time shots. Will Richardson had some big-time shots. Denying the second-chance opportunities for UCLA was huge. And, and then the end of regulation gave me a heart attack. If you didn't watch, I'll tell you what happened after I tell you about Built Bar, because if you have New Year's resolutions and it's about getting fit or eating healthy, 
you have to include Built Bar in your plan. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, maybe even better than a candy bar. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. So here's an idea for the new year. Go to all your secret treat stashes at home, in the pantry, at the office, in the car, wherever. Throw out all the sugary or calorie-filled treats. Replace them with Built Bars. And then after you do that, go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. Get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, so the end of regulation for Oregon is just a disaster. I mean, it is. it is... A six-point lead, UCLA ball, 35 seconds left. Bruins come down and score. Oregon throws an inbounds pass to midcourt. No idea what Eric Williams Jr. was thinking on that one, but, you know, (laughs) glad it worked out in the end. And that results in a turnover and two points. And then Oregon inbounds the ball again. Dane Altman does not call the two timeouts that he had. We throw it back under our own basket. Harmon doesn't come to the ball. Young is making an ill-advised pass. It's a turnover. It's another two points, and boom, we have a tie game and a 6-0 run in about eh, 15 seconds or so for the Bruins of UCLA. So then Oregon comes down. Final shot with Will Richardson. He settles for a decent look at a three up top. I would have liked to see him drive to the basket as he did in overtime. Three doesn't go. We go to overtime, and I'm feeling terrible because this was going to be a game that was going to turn around Oregon's basketball season, and it was just going to be a massive massive win and a statement win and you could feel good going to USC who's also a really tough team and then we're going to overtime and that was a bad place to be but you have to credit Dana Altman you have to credit this coaching staff for the job that they did keeping these guys focused keeping them driven and they bounced back made the first four shots in overtime eventually got a stop they were able to make just enough free throws Juzang had a good look at the end of regulation to to tie the game it didn't end up falling. Oregon was able to keep UCLA off the offensive boards cleanly. It took a couple seconds, and then a guy had a fall away. Game was over. Oregon wins 700 career wins as a head coach for Dana Altman. The, the guy is just a stud. I mean, keep him at Oregon as long as he wants. I mean, he all, all he has done since we hired him from Creighton back in, I think it was 2010, all he has done is win games. Oregon has won four of the last six regular season Pac-12 titles. They've thrown a couple of tournament wins in there as well. I mean, this has just become such a great program. And, you know, like I said, they usually get off the slow starts. That's very, very common for Dana Altman coach teams. And it's also, I think, pretty common, even among good programs, in college basketball writ large. You know, Michigan has been susceptible to this under Juwan Howard the last couple of years, and I think they're doing that again this year, but ultimately, I think they'll end up being okay. And it's hard because college basketball, more than college football, has an insane amount of turnover right now. I mean, it's insane because in college basketball, you only have to stay for one year, right? So the transfer portal still exists in college basketball, but instead of guys having to be on your team for three seasons, they only have to be there for one, which is why I've always advocated if you wanted to build the best business model for college basketball, you would do what they do in, in college baseball and football and require kids to stay for, for two or three years. I think baseball you have to stay for two and football you have to stay for three, but I think if you had to stay for at least two in basketball, it would help these coaches out a lot because it's tough when guys are one and done and, and moving around all the time and going to the NBA, but it, it's just... 
the reality of the sport. There's no inclination that rule change is going to happen. So I, I just think that y you have to be able to make the best of it that you can. But that's why you have inconsistencies. That's why you can't, unless you're Gonzaga, of course, that's why you can't really be dominant year in and year out. I mean, Baylor is really, really good this year after winning a national championship, but they've had the same sort of thing the last few years, right? They've been really, really good, but sometimes they have, you know, puzzling losses under under Scott Drew, and props to them. They put it all together last year and, and won a national championship, and they're, you know, a really good program. But anyway, back to Oregon. It, it was a slower start than normal this year because, you know, when the Ducks lost to BYU, I think it was by like 40 points, and then lost to Houston by 30 or 40 points. It was ugly, and, and there was just no, there was no chemistry, no continuity, no fluidity, nothing really to hold on to for Duck fans, and it's why, as I said, there hasn't been a whole lot of Oregon basketball discussion on this pod, but this was such a well-rounded game in so many ways. Again, still not perfect. You got to make layups and, and bunnies at a higher rate for the entire game, and you got to be able to make free throws at a higher clip, because UCLA going 16-24 at the free throw line, yeah, that helped them out big time. I, I mean, really, really big time. But the, the problem is you can't rely on that going forward that other teams are going to struggle at the free throw line. And that definitely helped Oregon in this game. But they've got to be able to make free throws, and they've got to be able to to consistently finish inside. I mean, there, there were so many good looks. There was a point, uh, I think it was at halftime, and I was talking with a friend about how Oregon simultaneously could be down looking at the box score, could be down by 15 in this game if their defense wasn't so good because they were 1-9 from distance and they'd left a bunch of points at the free throw line. They missed a bunch of layups. But at the same time, they were only down by 5 at the half and it was a winnable game because Oregon had not done so many of those things right and they were able to do them better in the second half and they very easily could have led this game at the half if they had just made either layups Free throws or a couple open threes. That's it. If they'd done one. I'm not saying all of them, but if they'd done any of those things in the first half, they might have led this game from start to finish because they were really playing in a determined and focused way throughout the game. And I can't say enough about what it takes to collapse like that at the end of regulation and then be able to come together as a team and still get the win against a top five team on the road in overtime, that is a huge sign. I mean, in a way, it would have been less stressful if they just won it in regulations they should have. But in a way, I'm almost glad the game happened like this now that I know that Oregon has gotten the win because this team that, that has started so slow and had some you know preseason hype, they needed something to grab onto. They needed a, a turning point, and this feels like it was that in the regular season. This feels like that turning point that they need where they galvanized themselves, came together, played as a team, had a solid eight-man rotation where a lot of guys contributed in many different ways. And I just think that their ability to overcome their own mistakes and beat a great team on the road, man, that says a lot about Dana Altman and this coaching staff. It says a lot about Dana Altman and, and this team and, and what they were able to do tonight was nothing short of exceptional. And I think it, as Oregon fans, we should feel really, really good at, really, really good about it. And if they've got to make free throws. I mean, there, there's nothing as infuriating as a college basketball fan or just any, I guess it doesn't have to be college, but nothing more infuriating as a basketball fan 
than watching your guys miss a bunch of free throws. You're not going to make 100% of them. But if you could at least get over 70% as a team, that's going to be helpful in the long run because 64%, which is Oregon's season average this year, again, that's 11th in the Pac-12 at this point, that's not going to cut it, so that has to improve. But you know, this team defensively, they are athletic, they are fast, they play hard, and if their guards are able to play the way they played tonight, you know, at, at a semi-consistent level for the rest of the season, Oregon can get themselves back into the tournament. And this is big for their future prospects. It's also big for their resume. If they don't end up winning the Pac-12 conference tournament to get the automatic bid, this, this is a big, big day for Oregon basketball in the 2021-22 season. And I, I look forward to seeing what happens next. Hopefully, I'm able to come on here on Monday and talk about another big win against USC. If they sweep the LA schools... Even with six losses, Oregon could sneak right back into the top 25. But you know what they're trying to do right now is just get into uh, get into the big dance and, and be playing your best basketball at that time. So one day at a time. But as Duck fans, let's enjoy this one because that was a lot of fun, a lot of heart attacks, but it was a blast. I appreciate everyone listening. I will see you on Monday where we will have some mailbag questions regarding the football team. Was going to get to them today and then... Boom, Dana Altman happened. Again, congratulations, coach. Well-deserved career win number 700 against the number three Bruins, 84-81, to the final. I appreciate everyone listening. Have a wonderful rest of your day, and go Ducks.